Before you go any further, look below and click the subscribe button. Good morning. This is Melissa Ambers with Savvy Business Podcast. And I am super excited today to have Mr. John Burton on with us today. Um, I found him on LinkedIn. He has some fabulous suits. And I was like, okay, let me see if I could connect with this guy. And I mean, just looking at the suits, the way that they are, you know, they lay on a person's body and the texture, the style, just everything about it. I was just amazed at it. And I wanted to chat with them. And one of the reasons is because um, post-COVID, you know, a lot of people have shifted the way that they dress. Some are still wearing suits, but they're putting tennis shoes on, including ladies. And we're just changing the way that we're dressing. And I just want to talk with him to see, you know, how he felt about it and also talk about some of the things that he's done. So thank you so much, John, for coming on and joining us this morning. Good morning. Thank you. So, um, I have a little bit of your bio and I'm going to read a little bit of that. And then we're going to go ahead and jump in. Um, John Burton comes from a family who made their living in the clothing business. After a brief post-college stint selling books, he found himself making his own career in the business working for Tom James Company, where he has been for 15 years. The Tom James Company is a top clothier in the luxury business, but it isn't run, it isn't a run of the mere retailer. The company directly sells clothing suits from $299 to $25,000 and offers fashion consulting services using showrooms and a well-trained sales staff. One of the top salespeople at the company is John Burton, a professional haberdasher who knows exactly what it takes to dress the wealthy. So tell us what attract, even though that you're from a family uh, that's been, you know, working with clothes, what attracted you where you say, you know what, I want to stick with this and not go a different direction? Well, I think that's a, that's a good question. I think that my love and, and, the, and the passion is in the clothing industry. And, I, and obviously did stints with some sales companies outside of, of Tom James and Oxford Clothing, who I'm with now. And it was just it just naturally progressed back. I've always liked dressing up. I've always liked colors. And in your own way, you can present your personality without even opening up your mouth based upon your dress. And so I was fascinated by that. And first impressions do make, you know, are made by the way you dress, good or bad, they are made. And so um, that always, that always fascinated me. When you see a person um, in a suit and it's not quite right, it's, you know, being somebody in the clothing industry, I may see it as like, oh, okay, that's a nice suit. But you see those fine little things that's just not right. Um, how often have you seen something that's just where you just have to say something? Well, I would say when I was younger, uh, it used to drive me crazy. And so <laughs> I evolved. With my maturity level, my wife and my kids probably would argue that. But as far as, as I've evolved, I've learned a little bit more tact. In the beginning, I would say something more pretty much 100% of the time. And, of course, uh, as you learn in, in age and see, mm -hmm. see, you realize you're not making any good impressions on someone else by giving your opinion when it's not asked. So, um I I now keep my mouth shut, and uh, <laughs> and if people ask me, I yes. ask permission four times. Are you sure you want me to ask uh, to answer? <laughs> and it typically three to four times, and they still get upset. So I've just learned to keep my mouth shut, and mm -hmm. and you know, offer advice based upon mm -hmm. looks for the future, if that makes sense. <laughs> No, absolutely. What are your thoughts on the shift in way uh, people are wearing suits now? It's more, it's not as dressy because they're we're toning it down some. We're still in suits. Um, and then some people are, you know, putting a full-blown suit, tie, vest, or just a tie, jacket, and mm -hmm. everything. But 
they're putting on some Nikes or, you know, some, you know, new balance or something with the tennis shoes. And it's not that we're wearing them to get where we are and change our shoes. They're on for the day. What are your thoughts about that? Well, you, br you bring up a good point. In, for example, New York or Chicago or the big cities, that's how they used to be worn. It was you wear a tennis shoe to get to your boy appointment <laughs> and then you would put a more dressy shoe on. Mm -hmm. And as you said, that's not the case today. And I get my my point of view is everyone has a sense of style, their own style. There are rules uh, of fashion. There's we can talk about that, but there are rules of fashion where that would violated it in the past wearing tennis shoes with a suit. However, my viewpoint and philosophy is you have a style. If that's your style, make it that way. Now, tennis shoes that are dirty and not clean and bright, then that's another story. You always right. want to make sure clean and, and appropriate. I'm a fan of a exotic piece put on a tennis shoe. For example, a little crocodile flare piece or a, um, uh, some of the brands that are out there that have a little bit more bling to the tennis shoe versus something you would wear to the tennis court or into the club to work out. So... In my, my opinion, if that's your style, it can be hip and cool. Uh, I think it's fine um, as long as it's, they're appropriately put together in the sense of the shoe style, et cetera. It's not something that mm -hmm. you've been running 150 miles in and it's ready to go into the trash bin. You get my point. That's basic, but I, I have no issue with it. That's your style. Okay. What are some of the myths that you have heard or misconceptions about wearing a suit and how a suit should be worn? Well, it's, it's funny. So you, if you travel the world um, in, in regards to clothing and how people dress, un unfortunately or fortunately, you can really tell the American dresser uh, to a European dresser or to a um, Middle Eastern dresser or to a Asian dresser. They typically, you can tell which, unfortunately, Americans were not the best dressed out there. Uh, and But people that, let's take the, the, the Americans who dress well, for example. Um, I think that as long as a garment is tailored properly, there's three styles of, of clothing, men and women. There's the three styles are a British style, which is the super trim. Uh, sometimes it looks like it's sized to someone two to three sizes smaller than what that person's wearing. The Italian is in between, kind of a little bit larger. And then the American is more of a boxy fit still. So the Italian is in between the British super trim and the American, which is more boxy. Again, whatever your style is, you can pick which one you like. There are certain body shapes that should not wear a super trim British style, for example, even though... We all know people, and that's kind of back to your your, com your your question earlier. Do you keep? Do you make comments? And that's where it's not appropriate for me to make a comment if someone looks like a stuffed sausage in their garment. So, uh, but you know, it, so there are appropriate ways. Everything should look balanced. We use that word in the tailoring business: balance. Mm -hmm. Balance to me, shoulders are properly adjusted to the midsection bust area on a woman or and chest on a man and then waist and hip everything needs to be balanced and flowing downwards you don't ever want to look like a ball in other words shoulders very trim waist wider the waist wider and then the buttock area seat super trim you don't want to look like a ball that's not balanced there's a nice we call used to call it back in the day a b cut a balance cut mm -hmm. um it's not so extreme as it used to be back in the day with shoulder pads, et cetera, with women's clothes and men's. But I know I'm kind of, you know, kind of going off on a tangent, but that word balance is very important. And um, I like that you mentioned that as well, because I see it a lot here. I'm here in Texas, but I see a lot where um, guys are wearing suits now and their pants are like super tight. And mm -hmm. it's like, it, it's, I don't like it. I don't think it's appealing, um, but it's like, that's the trend now. And 
Um, the sometimes the pants don't look like they're long enough. It's like, okay, you need to go down a little bit more. And again, I took it back. Okay, that's my personal opinion. You know, um, I'm not a seamstress or anything, but the look of it's like, you know, is that what you're referring to when you say like more of the British style or the fitted style yeah. that they're wearing the tighter super trends? Yeah. If you go to say London, you would see mostly that. And then you would get accustomed to it and not numb to it. And you'd be like, okay, that's, and then you come back to the United States and Texas and you'd be like, oh my gosh, these clothes are super baggy. But I mean, it's just, that's the style. Exactly right. So the, the, they're shorter. The pants are super trim, almost inappropriate. What they're, you know, accentuating. Um, again, uh, things cycle in regards to fashion. True. Um, it, yeah. You know, the plain front, super trim, short rise pant is kind of going away. And thing, you know, the epicenter of fashion is Milan, Italy, still to this day. And so, whatever happens in Milan, Italy, it'll hit the United States five to seven years after, typically. Not counting COVID, that kind of put us off two two years. But mm -hmm. so pleats are coming back in Milan. Uh, a little bit fuller cut pants for both men and women. You, you actually see women's fashion comes in quicker than men's in the United States. For example, the, the higher rise slack for a woman is now becoming more popular versus the low rise mm -hmm. hip hugger. Um, so, you know, it, it, things cycle. They cycle normally uh, five to six years. You'll see a cycle change uh, in fashion. Super trim, larger, high rise, low rise, et cetera. So you'll see differences in fashion about every five cycles, about every five to seven years normally. Okay. Um, how do you suggest uh, to a person that's coming in to purchase a suit? I mean, there's so many different styles out there. Um and I know all of them have their proper names, but, you know, we look at it, someone that's not in fashion, should it be a one button, a two button, wide leg, straight leg, cuffs, no cuffs, vest, no vest. Um, mm -hmm. How do you suggest to a person when they're coming in and wanting to, you know, I want a suit, but, you know, I'm not sure what direction to go. How do you go about suggesting one? You surround yourself with really does matter. The people you associate with and spend time with have a huge impact on who you become and what you do in your life. Hi, my name is Jeff Hagee, and I want to tell you about my Inner Circle Mastermind Group. This is a group that's designed to surround you with like-minded, high achievers who will help you to think bigger and amplify the performance of your business and your life while tearing down all the barriers that are holding you back. A mastermind is the fastest way to get you to the next level. If you're ready to network and connect with other successful entrepreneurs and influencers, Go to coachhagey.com slash mastermind. That's a good question. So this um, this is going to be kind of uh, uh, both, both men and, a, and, and women. Of course. Mm -hmm. there's, there's It's kind of the same sense of rules. There, there Again, I, I keep saying rules. Most people don't like rules, but there is a baseline of fashion basics right. that you should. So I'm always going to operate. I, I always, I'm going to try to operate from those basic levels. And then you can branch out from that being your own personal style so for example your question be it colors most 90 percent of colors that are appropriate for a man or a woman 90 percent of the time it's going to be blue a sort of warm color navy or a royal blue that's where most people should start mm -hmm. where do most women start they started blacks because that's the color that Everybody can think think they wear in the store. That's what stores will stock is black first, the color black, solid or some kind of pattern. Mm -hmm. uh, and so somewhat the same for a man um, is black is going to be something the stores financially will stock because they can sell. It. But really, blue is where you start. And then that's a color you should, in most closets, should have 60% blue warm colors, navy or blue. 60% of your closet should be that color. And the reason is it's a baseline. And then you can fit all the accessorizing, all the pocket silks, all the belts, all the scarves or fun pieces you can put around the basic navy or warm color blue mm -hmm. in, in that. So that's where you build is blue. 
So if you have 60% of your closet with blue, then you can branch out. Um, always, uh, excuse me, I don't like using absolutes. Most of the time you want to, right now, the basic jacket style is single breasted. Two button is the classic. Back in the day, three button, four button, five buttons, 10, 15 years ago. But the classic, most styles today are based in the 20s and 30s. All the designers, most of all the designers have just gone back to the 20s and 30s for style, which is the great Gatsby time. If you look at that style, that's what is in right now and is most traditional. Plain front pants, two-button single-breasted jackets, um, uh, skirts or jacketing like that, very kind of classic uh, knee length or a couple inches above the knee, um, and a little bit higher rise in, in blouse or in uh, style of, uh, of slack or in dress skirt. So that's kind of where you start. I know I, I don't want to keep talking. I want to make sure that I- No, I'm, you're it, fine. Yeah. So, but that's most closets should be 60% blue or warm colors. And then you branch from them. Single-breasted coatings, the best. I'm a huge fan of si uh, solid colors having a best. Here's the advantage. You said you're in Texas. When it's super warm in, in the summertime, you don't need to wear a jacket. You can wear a vest and still be very well put together. You don't have to wear a tie. You can be open collar with the vest. So it's just another accessory piece like a belt mm -hmm. in a vest. So when I do my solid colorings, I will almost mo or most of the time always order a vest with it because it gives me more, more versatility in my solid colors. Um, so I do recommend vests in three piece. And vests can be worn by themselves with jeans, you know. And and, and a side note, yeah. which you mentioned earlier, is that I'm doing more tuxedo formal jackets, smoking jackets, wow. to be with jeans today than tuxedos yeah. in a formal. So yeah. you can make that eclectic with a tennis shoe, pair of black jeans, and a tuxedo jacket with a white open collar shirt. It's a very hip look. It's almost so extreme, it's come around as hip, you know, kind of like, oh, that person has style or has an eclectic mm -hmm. mix. So you can mix and match if that's your style. It's just, I'm, you know, it is that's put together. It's almost so put together it, or so strange it's put together, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. Um, I guess you could say I'm the rebel because I hate shopping for suits because I cannot find what I like because I'm the girl that'll go look for a burnt orange type of suit wide leg with a nice jacket and mm -hmm. I am a fan of mix matching um I don't believe in the matchy matchy you know rule um I will wear the jacket with blue jeans black jeans colored mm -hmm. jeans and I will switch up the shirts with the pants and I love 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 wide leg why I'm just a sucker for wide leg jeans, suits, whatever, cuffs, no cuffs. I just love wide leg pants. But yeah, I would, I want the colors. You know, if, if, you know, I can't find the colors, I look for something that's really colorful or, you know, a purple or a red. I do the colors and wear maybe a dark multicolored shirt or something to tone it down. So mm -hmm. I'm the rebel, if you will, because yeah, you're right. It's when you go look for suits, it's the blues, grays, and blacks, and it's like, ugh, you know. Yeah, you, yeah, you, want style. you want some fun. You like the colors. What's beautiful about custom is you can get whatever you want. We have, yeah. the, I just delivered a couple orange pieces like, the other day and so you're a winter coloring so that's why those colors look really good on your you know there's everyone's either everyone's either a winter a summer a spring mm -hmm. or a those are the four color palettes and you're a winter that's why the dark purples look great on you the oranges that what i call the antique colors look great on you mm -hmm. but then you can like i said that's your style and that's cool see i, I it, and you can and it works right so Again, there's baseline rules, it's, but you can go outside it. That's what makes yeah the world custom. Why we're mm -hmm. so popular, <laughs> so, and wide leg luck right now. That's 
I mean, that's come back huge. We're doing a lot of wide leg jeans and the flare, the four inch cuffs on mm -hmm. in, in, as, in, with a pleated slack wide leg. And it's beautiful mm -hmm. on all sizes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I'm also glad that uh, block heels are coming back. Um, stilettos are cute, but not only is the block a little more comfortable, but it to me, it looks better with the wide legs. Very much. And, yeah. and I, I, I love the block heels are coming back. Yeah, that block is balanced to a wider. You have this little dainty little shoe underneath. It's like that, that doesn't look balanced. It looks what well, the yeah. person's going to connect. So again, that's that world balance. It gets applied across the board. But yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Well, let's back up a little bit. You mentioned earlier about, you know, um, guys wearing the tennis shoes with the suits and having mm -hmm. something like croc or something on them. Do are you getting into or if you're not already into making shoe custom shoes? Yes, we we our, our company, uh, Tom James and Oxford Clothing, we have anything related to fashion any clothing, except for hats. If you do, take the hats out of it, we have everything, both men and women. So the shoes, the uh, the jacketing, the, the stretchy fabrics for shirts and blouses, yeah. we have. And we and we have across the board, super traditional to the very, very fashionable, mm -hmm. fashion styles. We're unique. Our company's unique. So we've been around since uh, 1966. We have all the patterns 250 years ago. We have patterns from Prince when he... Uh, we made all his clothes at Oxford. We have his pattern hanging at our shop. We have people that now can get his style or um, Elton John style or back Clark Gable or Princess Grace, her style wow. of their patterns because we have the patterns that we made for them years ago. And so we have it all in regards to the styles. And it's we can we're unique in the sense that we control 98% of the process. So if you say, I have this garment I love, I can't wear it anymore because it's worn out, we can clone it. We can actually go in and clone that garment and make it fresh in any fabric you like. Oh, wow. Very, yeah, so we own the woolen, uh, the mills that, that loom the goods. Uh, we've literally made custom links for fab people that want, I want this exclusive pattern and we loom it. So we actually can loom the fabric, we put it together, et cetera. So we started off as a private label maker for some of your fashion icon companies, the mm -hmm. Tom Fords, the uh, the Ralph Lorenz, the, uh, you know, the what I call the iconic, uh, uh, the, the Chanel's. Mm -hmm. So we private labeled for them, we manufactured and put their label on it. Well, we do that too. So we can make all those garments too. Wow. That makes sense. Wow, Most people realize how large we are, yeah. Okay. Um, how overdress how is overdressing a sign of respect? Okay, that that's a, so if it, it's it's like if you going into a meeting or again dressing well, even you know, I hear this all the time. John, I just went to a meeting, I was the only person that had a jacket. Everybody was super casual. Yeah. Well, you know, I hear that a lot. And I and they say, but if you go into an interview and the interviewer is dressed better than you, that's going to be a problem. If they're dressed worse than you, you're still showing a sign of respect because you took the time to put together an outfit. Um, you coming in and sweat and a hoodie into an interview um, you see people, how they dress in airports today. There's some of the clothing that people dress. Mm -hmm. I, uh, they shouldn't be leaving their house with it. Um, and it, and it's, again, that's the personal style, though. That's where I have to keep my mouth shut. And <laughs> it, it's kind of like, how, I, I do want to stop people back to your original question and say, can you just tell me your thought process on what you're wearing? But again, I don't want to get, you know. I get it. <laughs> You'll get it. Yep. So it's like, because outfit fully mackerel. Um, but again, addressing well is a sign of respect. It's always easy. I, I share with people, it's like you always overdress. It's super easy to overdress for an occasion. Yeah. Be it 
if you have a scarf on, if you're a lady and you're, and you're over the top dressed, what, over the top mm -hmm. dressed to the occasion, you can always remove some of those accessories to bring it down to the level. Uh, a tie, if you're wearing a tie and everyone's dressed more casually, you can remove the tie if you're a man. You can, you can maybe take your jacket off. You can, you can dress it down to if it's out of, or if it's not appropriate for you to be dressed up. It's very difficult to mm -hmm. once you get to an event to dress back up again. I mean, mm -hmm. you don't have the items with you. So I always always say overdress for every occasion, and then you can dress and you can appropriately bring it down to that occasion if the environment is more casual, say. Okay. If that makes. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It does. Um, and because, and like you said, in the airport, even though, yes, we want to be comfortable when we're traveling and things like that, but sometimes, you know, you see people in the airport and it looks like literally they got out the bed, jumped in the car and came to the airport. It's like, okay, we, we could have right. done better. And, you know, that, <laughs> I mean, really, did you look in the mirror before you left the house? Holy yeah, mackerel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, even in the grocery stores, it's like, right. and I, I can't wait till this trend is over and it'll probably never end. If people stop coming out the house in their pajamas, right. I can't stand that. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's where we just got, you know, I, I, I like dressing up. Sounds like you do too. I like dressing well. It makes me feel good. It gives me confidence. Yeah. In clothes today can be dressy and super comfy with all the lycra stretched jeans and the and you know and, and the jacket I'm wearing today, right? I am yeah. wearing a knit double breasted jacket right now and it's super company like it's not even on and it's mm -hmm. but things need to fit properly, right? I mean right. it's they don't fit properly, they're not gonna be comfortable. Yeah. And I'm, I won't say I am the dress dressy person, but you know, I know when and when not to, and the way, um, clothes are today. And, you know, speaking from a woman's perspective is that we can easily grab a simple, you know, solid color tank top or something, throw a blazer over it, you know, mm -hmm. solid multicolored, put some jeans on with, you know, yep. a wedge, a light heel, even with some sandals sometimes. And it's mm -hmm. like, it's so simple that it's not a lot of effort that you have to put into it sometimes. And for people to come out the way that they do sometimes, it's like, you didn't even try. <laughs> it's like you didn't put like a, a hint of effort into it and and unfortunately it's we've kind of allowed that to be okay and 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 i i, I try to take the approach as a non-judgmental approach in my age in the sense that these people don't know and in, and they've not been educated you know who's setting the example for them i mean someone they probably don't know that that's okay uh, to not dress like that. Yeah. Um, you know, if if you, there are clubs around or there's there's restaurants around that says mm -hmm. that say assign appropriate dress, and there's a, then there's a listing of things. Mm -hmm. you, no hoodies, no no uh, 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 you know pajama bottoms, no uh, slippers. You know, yeah. and, and so the people will dress up a little bit, but you know, it's, you can still look super casual in pajamas. If the pajamas are custom made, I guess, I mean, you know, but uh, you won't catch me. <laughs> I guess you asked about respect. It's a respect to myself too. You know, I, I mm. like to feel good. It's a, you know, respect to myself is, am I taking pride in my, uh, appearance, not to the point of arrogance, and, and but it's right. You know, I take pride in the sense of what I'm all about, you mm -hmm. know. And it sounds like you do that, and and I do that, and and so that's it again. If you don't have pride in yourself, you want to wear pajamas to the airport, and it is your priority. It's your space, right? Uh, right. It's not my place to say, you know, wow, what were you thinking as we talked. <laughs> Um, but again, if you respect yourself, you want to, you know, present an image of confidence and that you're going somewhere. But again, not everybody's like that. Luckily, that's the what makes the world go around today.
Yeah. And I think one thing I drop into is that you never know who you're going to come across. And it could be mm-hmm. somebody you know, don't know, but you could simply be mm-hmm. sitting next to somebody, have a conversation, sitting at the airport or in the grocery store or something. And you never know who that person is. And because of the way that you address, even though that you're able to sit in that conversation and talk the jargon and everything, they're still going to look at you a different way. And if they did want to reach out, that could hinder them from reaching back out to you simply because mm-hmm. of your appearance. Yeah, I totally agree. There, That's a great story that reminds me of there was a, a young lady who was really struggling and she didn't have a lot of money and she tried it. She had one jacket her mother made for and and she was she was at the grocery store. You mentioned it earlier. Mm-hmm. was at the grocery store. She well well put together up to that point. She didn't have a lot of money. She was just she again took pride and respect to herself. And mm-hmm. she ended up meeting somebody, a woman who owned a recruiting company, who ended up hiring her based upon just how was it because the way she was dressed. She yeah. made point that the the gal who got the job made point that that woman approached me because of how well dressed I was. Mm-hmm. It her. You're exactly right. You don't know who you're going to run into. I mean, it's it could change your course of your whole career based upon how you. It work. sure can. Right. So, um, and I know you like we said you didn't want to mention rules, but it is what it is. There are rules yes. to fashion. So, what mm-hmm. are the top five fashion rules? Well, so there's there's some basic ones. So let's get the basic ones out out of the way. There's five rules. Uh, again, that they're kind of based upon the style today but the, mm-hmm. the the ones you don't wear white shirts or blouses with earth tones that is a that's one of the that's a hard line rule uh color wise it gets violated even by fashion houses but white blouse white color white uh not should not be worn with any earth tones tans olives etc that uh there's also in that kind of rule braces which are suspenders with a belt at the same time mm-hmm. that sounds you don't wear both together you don't wear a, a suspender what's called a brace with yeah. a belt mm-hmm. um you know that gets violated um you you kind of this is all under that four or five rules you want to make sure your socks match the slack but that's been thrown out the window today because all the fancy socks so right. again sometimes these are heavy hard fast rules and others are more light and not so important. That's not mm-hmm. so important right now, but eventually it'll come back to the stock should match the pan. Uh, but the the most hardline uh, rules that I call is a rule of contrast, which is you mentioned earlier with the way you dress and the way I dress is that the rule of contrast, the top, it, there should be a contrasting, the, the rule of the monochromatic look, everything's blue, 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 or black, 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 or, or whatever mm-hmm. it is. As you said, you want a little bit of style. So contrasting rule means the top, if it's a sport coat, jacketing, should be contrasting to the bottom. So it should be a lighter color or a darker color. So that's the rule of contrast. You want there to be some distinction between each piece. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give an overview, which basically, you know, when you look at an outfit, it's a picture, all right? And, and for example, I'm wearing a tie. This is the picture that I'm wearing. The matting is my shirt to the picture, and the frame is the jacketing. Okay, that's the frame. So if you look at an outfit like that, now, what if I wasn't wearing a tie? Well, then what becomes the picture? The shirt becomes the picture, right? And then the framing is still the jacketing. So you need to have something the picture needs to pop. So this is a contrast. Contrasting the light, the picture's lighter. Mm -hmm. If I wasn't wearing a, a tie, then the picture is now the shirt and it's contrasted to the jacket. So there's difference. Kind of what you said earlier about your orange and the orange is one color. So look at an outfit as a picture. So again, the rule of contrast, the rule that most people, designers, we call them designers, they make all their money is the major minor rule. And that's where like, if I was wearing a, I'm wearing a check shirt, it's a small check. I could be wearing a large checked jacket. It's a different pattern. 
So it's a different pattern and different size, if that makes sense. So it could be a striped shirt with a check jacket. It's called the rule major minor. So as long you don't ever want to, you don't want to wear the same pattern on pattern. You don't have to, I, I could not be wearing a check, this size check shirt with a checked jacket and a check tie. It's 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 confusing. If you looked on that on a camera, it would move. We all have those super tight patterns, the gingham checked jackets. When you wear them on a camera, they actually move. You've seen that happen. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> that's the rule of major minor. So that was that's the most important. Is there any questions so far on the rules that I've mentioned? Um, one thing, not really a question. Well, I guess kind of sort of a question is that how you were talking about the patterns. So many people mm -hmm. are afraid of patterns. Mm -hmm. um, if you have, like you said, you know, a check shirt, a striped shirt, they're going to go straight solid on a jacket or a tie. Mm -hmm. But, you know, wearing polka dots with stripes or plaids with, you know, stripes or check. It's that rule I think so many people are afraid of. What mm -hmm. is a something simple that someone, you know, can apply when they're trying to decide if the check should go with the stripes or polka dots with, you know, how, how do you decide on a pattern? Well, so I would, again, going back to the concept of the picture, okay, is the, the bigger pattern should be the frame of a picture. So if you have, let's say, a shirt that's a check, a jacket that's a window painter check, you, again, kind of like eating a salad, all right? You use the salad fork not to go up to a rabbit trail. You go from the out and in, right, in regards to using utensils when you're eating food so the bigger pattern the jacket should be the bigger pattern etc and then going in should be smaller as you go in that makes sense large gotcha. out moving in that's kind of a rule but remember if if the patterns are different i call this advanced right advanced fashion is based on this major minor rule so if the jacket moving from out in is larger then you can go to a smaller pattern on the shirt and either a smaller pattern for the tie so it blends together or typically i would have the picture be it a little bit brighter solid so you know you get it right the this major minor rule mm -hmm. when you you put it together and you're like wow that looks great or people are stopping on the street and you're going Wow, that is mm -hmm. excellent. I that that is cool. That's when you yeah. nail the major minor rule. When people are laughing at you, obviously you didn't get it right. So <laughs> it is right. Oh, yeah. But it, if it looks good together, if it looks too busy, you probably didn't get it right. All right. Um, but you know, for example, there's the jackets one piece, the shirts another piece, and the tie or a blouse or scarf is is the third piece if two of those pattern two of those pieces can have a lot of fashion a lot of color and patterns to them maybe the third one should be solid that way it will be less confusing if that makes mm -hmm. sense like what i'm wearing today i'm wearing solid check solid but i could easily put a pattern with the shirt and then this top this tie would say mm -hmm. solid or the scarf would say solid. I'm not sure if that makes sense, but that's again two of the three items. Okay. Have them like the same. And okay. then and then so you know the, I'm not sure if you ever if you want to get into like um dip why things cost what they cost in regards to garments or let's hair. yes yes because it would not since we're talking about you know fashion and you know what to do how to do that will be a great you know point to bring up as well because we do we we go in certain stores and we look for certain things it's like well i'm just gonna go here to kng is so much cheaper mm -hmm. plus it's on sale you know but right. what is the quality of it and like you said why things cost so much and when you do get something custom made you know, you're spending, you know, a few hundred to, you know, a couple thousand, you know, based on mm -hmm. what it is that you're looking for. Do you want to be known as the subject matter expert in your industry? Scan the QR code today to take advantage of the $200 discount for a brand assessment.
The assessment will give you a summary of how your brand can step up a notch to get noticed. We have been seen in various platforms and have gained credibility and are known as the subject matter expert for digital media and branding. Sign up today for a brand assessment and a one-on-one -on -one consultation with me, Melissa Ambers. Don't get left behind. It's time for your brand to stand out. Well, there's, they're just like diamonds. You have cut, clarity, color, mm -hmm. uh, carrot. You know, there's five facets to diamonds. There's five facets to, to fabric. And, and, and so let's start at the fabric level. So there's warp and weft. That's horizontal and vertical stranding. That's the strength of the garment. So that's warp and weft. I'm going to get really kind of finite into the nitty gritty. And then I'll go quickly. I don't want to lose anybody on this stuff. Then there's then there's the blending. Is it a wool blended with a cashmere or, or a wool with a polyester lycra blend? So it travels. So there's that's the second. Then there's excuse me, the third. Then there's the length. Let's hold the the length of the wool fiber is what everybody talks about. Super one hundreds, super one tens, super one twenties. Mm -hmm. That's what all the fashion houses talk about. That's the length of the wool fiber. Uh, today, you can do super long fibers, but they're, because we can loom them today, when we couldn't, we didn't have the technology to be able to handle super fine. It's basically the, your hair, how fine your hair strand is. And the longer the length, the finer it can be. And so when you put it together, it has more of a drape or a loft or a flow um, of the cloth. Because when you put it together, there are less ends, there are less breaks, if that makes sense. So the longer the wool fiber, typically the finer the goods, the loftier or the and the flow, the softer it might be. Um, so that's that's the length of the wool fiber or the fiber, any kind of fiber. And then you'll have um, the weight, the weight of the cloth. So it can be a seven ounce poly, uh, excuse me, uh, cotton poplin you wear in the islands. You know, something like a linen or a, so a cotton, or it might be a heavy woolen, 9, 10, 11 ounce cloth, like they wear in Scotland still, like a horse blanket, the old heavy shirling jackets or the uh, the wraps that are heavy and, and feel a little scratchy. So you can go from 7 ounce, which is considered a, a tropical weight, 9 to 10 ounce, which is more what I call year-round weight. Mm -hmm. And then you have the heavy woolens, flannels, which are more the winter weights. So there's the weight. And then and, and then um, I want to make sure I cover all these. So there's the warp and weft. And there's the blending. There's the length of the wool fiber. And there's the, uh, the, um, the weight. So there's the five aspects of, of that. What makes things cost what they cost. If you have a cashmere, so the, and again, why does a garment, it, it uh, you mentioned earlier, it, it, a discount house versus expensive, the, those five facets are put together, which causes it to cost what it costs. Mm -hmm. A $2,000 suit will typically have double warp and weft. It's like plies, if you can think of it. It's more durable, but it's blended maybe with wool and cashmere. It might have a super 150s. So it's a combination. It feels super soft. Mm -hmm. You can throw it into a bag and it travels beautifully. It has a luster to it. When you look at it, you're like, you touch it, it feels super fine, but yet it's durable. You know, they're, they're, so that combination of these five put together is what costs, why it costs what it costs, so to speak. Um, we've all had garments where, oh, I've got a great price on this. You wear it a couple of times and it just falls apart like a dish rag. Well, you get what you pay for. I mean, that that there's another rule. You get what you pay for. If it sounds too good to be true, it's probably not true. You know, we've had that. And so, you know, there is overpaying. You know, there is there is that aspect of overpaying for something that has the brand on it, you know, that has a particular style or mentioned brands, mm -hmm. but has that, oh, it's a so-and-so and they're, they're expensive. They, they pay for that brand. Um, 
in custom houses like our like our company, you can get different levels, and that value is even higher. If you're buying from a house like we are, a private label company that manufactures the garments, we control a lot of that, so the value is, is higher. Um, but anyway, that that's kind of the five facets. Did I talk too much? No, try not to. No, you did not. Um, this would become useful for, you know, someone that's that's listening to this that is interested to know why, because, you know, they may have paid for a custom suit and it didn't go right for whatever reason, mm -hmm. or they're interested in purchasing a custom suit. So I think understanding some of these things, and yes, it may be, you know, a little too much for some, but I think, you know, some will find this, you know, interesting to know this is why, you know, the price is, you know, here instead of, you know, on the lower end, what would a person need to do? Say if they wanted to have a, a custom suit designed by you, but they're not located near you. What are your recommendations as far as when you have to get measured? Uh, where would a person go to get measured or how should they look at measuring and how would they work with someone like you when they're you know looking for a custom uh, piece? Well, that's a good question. So I'm lucky that our company has 177 locations around the world. So I have multiple offices. They can contact me and I can get them in touch with an actual tailor that will take the measurements and get all that done for them. It's very easy. The appeal of my what I do, being a professional haberdasher, is I save people time. And that's, you know, today, time is money more than ever. And so that's, I take care of all that for them. So if they want to reach out to me, they could, and I coordinate all that for them, no problem. And again, it makes it super simple. May, can we talk really quick about uh, another aspect? And all this stuff is on my LinkedIn of these videos on these elements. Can we talk about real fast maintenance? About sure. maintenance ago. Mm -hmm. um, th this is something, so uh, this also goes back to kind of why things cost what they cost. Um, you should dry cleaning a garment. Now, blouses and shirtings, et cetera, are a little different because once you wear them, you really need to get those laundered more often, mm -hmm. but are dry cleaned. In wools, wools are a natural fiber that does not need to be dry cleaned. Dry cleaning is a chemical process of cleaning, which actually hurts garments. It hurts jackets and wool pieces. Okay. Um, and so that's what it does is chemical process removes the, the lanolin, the lanolin, the oil from the wool fibers, from the, from the goods. Mm -hmm. That is a protection that protects against odors, protects against staining, uh, it, it protects against wrinkling. So as you get a dry clean more often, you're removing the process that, that, that lanolin, that natural protection from the garment. So for example, this garment, I spilled a couple weeks ago, yogurt down the side of this. I basically just took the garment and brushed the sleeve on it and it removed it. That's just an example. You don't use your nail. You don't use your, you know, Mm -hmm. you, you use the fabric from the sleeve. It's kind of like hoeing a garment, a, a garden. Hmm. Take weeds out. The natural fibers will remove anything that's foreign from that. If you say go to an August wedding and it, you're dancing a lot and it's super, you, you know super hot and sweaty, and you just need to let that garment air out. Um, and as, as you take it off, hang it up on a hanger, let it air out. The moisture actually helps the wool, okay? It, it actually keeps it better. The sweater you, sweater you, you are, so to speak. In Texas, it gets hot in the summer. Mm -hmm. Up here in Michigan, it gets hot too. But that actually helps as long as you let it air out. See, what people don't understand is wool is an inert fabric that will not grow bacteria as long as it's dry. Interesting. So it, so most people don't know that, see, wool, the reason military uniforms, et cetera, garments that people got one of where they used wool is because it was a natural fiber that would not grow bacteria as long as it was dry. And it would, and would last a long time. What makes the garment smell is bacteria. Mm -hmm. And the garment's not allowed to dry out. 
So anyway, that's just something about care that dry cleaning in our world is the equivalent of the devil. You don't want to dry clean, all right? It's hard on the garment. I'm talking about jackets. Well, mm-hmm. the shirts are a little different. But again, care in a garment, that also goes back to price. Typically, the nicer the garment, the more maintenance-free it should be because it's higher quality in those five facets I've talked to you about. Anyway, so that was kind of a little rabbit trail about care because I think everybody, they over dry clean. And I hear that all the time. I dry clean it every couple of times I wear it, I send it to the dry clean. Yeah. Very bad. Shouldn't do that. Well, I mean, that, that you know, sparks a, a conversation that cleaning you know because like you say if you you sweat it you know in your jacket or whatever you know and you know some people sweat with odor so it's like oh i sweat it it stinks you know i need to go get it dry clean but what Mm -hmm. you're saying is like don't dry clean it put it on a hanger not in the closet just hang it out to where it can air out let it air out and dry in a somewhat of a um i guess self-cleaning if you will Yes, you know, it where is. It 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 it'll just air out and then it's done and then you put it back in your closet or wherever you you hang in mm-hmm. your garments. You know, heavy um, perfumes and cigar smoke, cigarette mm-hmm. smoke. Right. Just let it let it air out. It's the same concept. Mm-hmm. What? What? Well, interesting. Never heard anyone say that before. <laughs> Never mm-hmm. heard anyone. So, say if someone did, you know their OCD or something. And they just yeah. like, I got to get it. This isn't clean. I got to get it clean. So if they say, you know, they took it, you know, once a month, once a quarter or something, you know, you would still say, don't do it. Just let it air out. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm a germaphobe myself. And so I have garments that I, that I'm almost to the point where I have, I have raw denim jeans. You've heard the denim jeans. You can wear them until they fall apart. Yeah. You can throw them in the freezer and kill the bacteria for three days and keep wearing that. Well, there are garments like that, that I am a germaphobe. I have to send them to the dry cleaner, okay, eventually. I, I can't get over that. For example, I have garments that I have had for five to six years that have not ever been dry cleaned that still have the crease, looks nice, I and I wore them every other week, and they're they're fresh. They look, the creases are in the pants. You don't need to do it. I, I, you know, what did we do before dry cleaning? Dry cleaning is not that old of a process. They used to brush garments with a horsehair brush. Mm-hmm. That's the, the washboard. So, and yep. right, right. So, so, and that was wools. They're very durable. We, and so we've just been marketed to dry clean. And it, wow. but dry cleaning is not good for you. It's a chemical process. And if you've ever gone to a dry cleaner and you get your garments and they smell funny, mm-hmm. that's a whole nother aspect. You should dry clean the chemical process. The chemical is odorless. You shouldn't smell any odor. Okay. So this is another reason you shouldn't take it to the dry cleaner. If you are smelling something when you pick up the garments in your, in the bag, Mm-hmm. The dry cleaning fluid is dirty, and you are getting other people's stuff Ooh. in the garment. Okay? okay, so I'm trying to convince that's the OCD, the germaphobe person. Wow. <laughs> and dry cleaners don't like to know this, but inexp- dry cleaning can cut their cost by not changing the fluids a lot. Kind of like if you go to a fast food restaurant, they don't change the oils in their fryers, mm-hmm. you start getting same thing odors in dry cleaning chemicals there is it's an odorless process um they're not changing their chemicals they're not changing their the pads on their pressing machines so you mm-hmm. get wrinkles in the cuffs and collars right those that those are all signs of of skimping or cutting corners at your dry mm-hmm. cleaner right so if you don't have to take your garment to the dry cleaner lot, you can just do this at home. You save money and it's better for the garment. It's a kind of a win-win all the way around. Dry cleaners aren't going to 
much, but you know. Do you remember? Oh, it's been a while ago. It used to be this product, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was called dry yell or something like that, to where it's like you dry clean your own clothes. It was this sheet and you put it in your own dryer and right, do right. that. So, you know, even with something like that of doing your own dry cleaning, I don't know if it's still out there or not, but doing your own dry cleaning, um, would you kind of say back away from that as well? Because whatever chemicals in that sheet is similar to what they're using at the cleaners. Yeah, same concept. If the if the, anytime you're putting excess wear, so for example, you're throwing, say, a jacket or something or a shirt into a tumbling process where actually you're getting wear, that's wear, that's mm-hmm. um, fatiguing the garment, you're going to get, you're going to wear the garment out. So mm-hmm. I, rather wear it out by wearing it versus putting it into a tumbling machine. Right. So that's, kind of, so if you can just hang it on a hanger and let it drape and air out mm-hmm. the garment longer, it's better for the garment in the long run. You save money. Um, but again, that's the concept. So yeah. Interesting. I, I, Interesting. <laughs> Never heard that before. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's my world is just education and, and, and then, I sell clothes in the interim time too. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, just sell a few pieces. Yeah, no big deal. So, this was really interesting and um, educational, actually, you know, understanding about the garments and things like that. So, thank you so much, John, for giving us that education on, you know, laundering suit. Well, not you know, dry cleaning suits and uh, taking them in. What are some of the questions that someone should ask, at least the top five questions that they should ask if they're contacting um, someone to get a customized suit? I, I think there's that's really good. So I'll go through a, uh, kind of the basic questions I would ask to see if we can get up to five. As far as the first one is, do they manufacture the garment? Are they the mm. actual company? that's making this. In other words, do they own the woolen mills? Do they fabricate, you know, they loom the fabrics. Do they put it together in their own shops? Um, That right there will tell you everything because most of the time companies don't. They're subbing it out to uh, something in Asia or some other place Mm -hmm. that they're just a middle person. So that's the first question. If they're a middle person, walk out. Find the manufacturing company that will do custom. Um, the next is, do they have a guarantee, fit and quality? It's pretty easy. Do you have a guarantee of the fit and the quality of the goods? Um, that's the second question. Third is, uh, is the person measuring you, have they been in the business? How long? Are they a trained tailor? Mm-hmm. Uh, are they just a salesperson that's been trained? That's a huge, you know, most of the mistakes happen in the measurement process. You can have a beautiful goods fabric, but if the measurements are wrong, it, it it's not going to make any difference. So is the sales per, or the person that you're speaking with, they're a trained tailor, a trained clothing haberdasher. Um, Nextly, look at the garments. Look at the piece, the garment that they've made for somebody else, and look how it's made. Look at the uh, let's talk about the jacket, the the um, gore. There's a gore in a coat. It's a little pleat down the front um, of a garment. It's right underneath the breast area. You don't want to see that on a custom-made garment. That's bad. Mm-hmm. It's a little spine. Okay, that you don't want to ever buy from a company that has that. Um, it's a cheater. A, a garment should be that's a cheater pattern that they basically take a ready-made garment and tweak it or pleat it here to bring it into the body. All custom makers of worth anything in their salt will have the pattern inside the side seam that's made for you. So again, look for that goring. Look at the how the pant is made. Is it using a nickel-plated metal zipper? Is it using a metal zipper versus a plastic? You know, plastic melts. Plastic is inexpensive and cheap. Is the waistband firm, and does it have a non-curled waistband? Is there meat to the pant? We all, we can all kind of feel something. Man, this feels flimsy. 
mm -hmm. right? This isn't, this isn't have substance. That's all related to quality. Look at the seams. In a jacket, unless it's a half-lined or a third-lined coat, you can't see the seams. It's covered up with lining. But in pants, you can look at the pants and look at the seams. Do they have a fabric, extra fabric mm -hmm. out? And that's the way companies cut cost is they don't allow allotments of fabric in case you lose or gain weight. So there should be at least three inches of total fabric on all the seams to allow for adjustments. Okay, so that's another way you can look into a pant on the seams and see is there extra fabric. So that's kind of where I would start. Um, do they have any, a, a great test to do is do you have any garments that have come back to be altered mm -hmm. years back? So I went into a, a, a store and I and I not wasn't familiar with the store. And I was just doing some some education on myself. And I said, do you have any garments that are a couple years old that are coming back to be altered? They said, yes, I want to look at how that garment looks two to three to four years old after it's mm -hmm. been worn a times. Does it look like a dish rag? Does it still have its shape? Is the fabric still, you know, now that depends upon how many times they dry plain, which we already talked yeah. about, but it, is the garment holding together? You know, is, mm -hmm. it, is it still have the meat and the bones to the garment still? So, a lot of times you don't have that opportunity to be able to look at something that's being altered mm -hmm. a couple of years old. The first elements that I mentioned, that's, those are great way, places to start. If that, if that answers your question. Yes. Yes, it does. Um, and you, you know, you're, you're mentioning, you know, all of these questions and like you say, walk away if they don't, you know, manufacture their own material. Um, is that always a red flag or sometime if they're not doing their own material? Well, let's just say this. What happens when it's not right? They're the middle person. Yeah. So they get stuck with the garment. They, you know, they can't go back to the man. The manufacturer is done with it. They, they, whoever they're using, they wash their hands with it. Now it's stuck with the middle person. Then you're going to be fighting with a middle person that didn't make the garment in the first place. So again, more middle people you have in a process, the more difficult gotcha. it is to get it right. Um, wow. Or if not right, get your money back. <laughs> so, you know, it's so, you know, I, I I go to Florence, Italy a lot. And if, mm -hmm. if I go in to buy leather goods for myself, as an example, mm -hmm. we don't do a lot of leather goods. So I go into a store, one do I smell the, 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 the dyes? You know, I was taught this was a very young age. If you can, if you smell the chemical, the dyeing, you know, it smells like a leather shop. Or is it, mm -hmm. it smells like a quality uh, leather shop. You won't smell anything. You won't smell the chemicals. Chemicals are applied to cover up the flaws of the leather hide. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have to, dye them to cover it up you're just naturally um applying oils oils don't smell so that's just or the other thing do they manufacture their own goods do they have a manufacturing plant same concept in regards to what i do it's wow. a red they don't manufacture if they're just and say do you make this garment do you own the mills to make this garment right there i'll tell you right away is it a quality place Pretty much right there, ninety percent. If they don't manufacture, I will. Uh, good luck, I guess I would say. Good wow. Luck. Let everybody know how they can reach you, get in contact with you, and um, maybe even purchase a suit. <laughs> no. Yeah, and so again, we the suits, sport coats, slacks, anything regards to fashion advice. I do advice talks all the time. You can go on my LinkedIn, which is John Burton, B-U-R-T-O-N, and on, on the LinkedIn stage. You can find me, The Motor City Taylor, in Facebook. You can find me on Instagram, Motor City Taylor. You can call me on my mobile phone, which is 248-330-0599. My email is j.burton, B-U-R-T-O-N, at tomjames.com. And, uh, and it's, again, you can find me out there pretty much 
been around a long time. Uh, you mentioned earlier 15 years. That was a, and you know, it's, I think it's now going on 32 years now. So been in the oh, clothing. Okay. That, that was an article that was written about me mm-hmm. and I had hair. If you, you see the picture, there's a, might yeah. be a picture. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, but that, but I've been in this game a long time and it's, and I still love it, still have enjoy doing it. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate your time today. This has been fun. Thank you so much. Yes. I mean, I I really did enjoy this and it's been super educational, you know, with some things, especially on, you know, the dry cleaning and all of that. So I'm glad that we were able to have that conversation. I'm sure I'll be getting some uh, calls from some of my dry cleaner customers, but they're not (laughs) spreading this, this word a long time, but that's okay. It's, it is. Wow. I appreciate it very much. It's been fun. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so I'm not gonna hold you, but once I uh email me those pictures and once yeah. it's updated and edited, I will send you the link so you can have it. And I'll send you the link on all the platforms, iHeart, Pandora, all of those. And um and use it, you know, put on your website however you wish. And the pictures you're gonna send me, I'll edit it this video and put those pictures in there as you're talking, put them next to you. So those can be in there. Okay. And if you're sending me multiple, it may be easier just to upload them to a Google drive or folder and then share that link. And then that way they'll all be there instead of trying to email them. I'll do that. I'll have Jen do that on Monday if that's cool. Okay. No, that's fine. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You have a good weekend. It's great. It's great. Speaking, I'm excited about making that first custom garment for you whenever you're ready <laughs> I, I i can't wait i will uh start put me a bank to the side and start dropping in it <laughs> very good thank you all right thank you bye-bye all right. yeah. follow us on our instagram at savvy mag biz and on our youtube channel savvy the business podcast Do you want your business in front of an international audience? Advertise with us today. Savvy the Business Podcast. Send us an email at media at SavvyMag.biz. That's media at S-A-V-V-Y-M-A-G dot B-I-Z. Send it today. Don't get left out. Thank you for joining us on Savvy, the business podcast. If you want to be a guest, send an email to media at SavvyMag.biz. That's media at S-A-V-V-Y-M-A-G dot B-I-Z. Don't miss out on the opportunity to be heard by millions.